Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Dan 1132. My name is Jim Wittebeen, and I'm very happy to be here with you today for another very special episode. And today I have a couple of guests joining me from Ontario. And these two guests were participants in the Truckers Convoy, the Freedom Convoy 2022, and also in the protest in Ottawa. So I'm very pleased to welcome these brothers to the show today. And we have Tim Jonker, uh, and we also have with us William Ravensbergen. Brothers, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I, inv I invited uh, Tim and, and William to participate on the show to talk about their experience and, and what, what they went through and, and some of the decision making that they went through and uh, the, the planning that they made and, and their thoughts about the trucker convoy. They were uh, quite involved in, in the convoy and in the protests in Ottawa. And so I wanted to, to sit down and hear from the horse's mouth from actual participants uh, about the uh, the convoy and about the the protest and and the meaning behind it and the purpose for it and uh, related issues and especially uh, how we as Christians uh, should feel about uh, protests like this and our involvement in them. So first of all, uh, starting with Tim, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, my my brother Harold, brother-in-law Jeff and myself own Jonker Trucking, which we purchased from my dad about eight or nine years ago. Um, live in Addercliffe. Uh, the Lord has blessed us, not only with a business, but a wonderful wife and five children. Um, yeah, and then uh, we, we've run our trucking company. We try to do things um, in a godly way. It's uh, sometimes a difficult industry in that way. A lot of pressures to... Uh, to curb your um, your Christian background, but uh, we've definitely been blessed over the last twenty six years. Oh, very good. And what kind of what kind of trucking is it that you do? Long haul do, trucking or short? Or yeah, we do. I guess it depends on what you consider long haul. Um, in it's not local, so it's considered long haul. We're doing one day out into the U.S. and one day back, so usually two day trips. Uh, hauling steel and train parts and whatever goes on a flatbed or roll tight or step deck. All right. So, yeah. so you, your, uh, your company does a fair bit of work with the United States uh, in uh, traveling to the United States. Yeah. About 99% of oh, our wow. Yeah. U S based. Okay. Okay. So the, uh, the mandates for vaccination for truckers crossing into the United States obviously hit you guys pretty hard then. Yeah, yeah, we definitely uh, about half of our fleet is unable to to work at this time, considering the mandates. Oh wow! Okay, and William, could you uh, could you tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm a member of Grassy Canadian Reformed Church, and uh, we, uh, along with uh, my brother, a couple of cousins, and another gentleman, we own uh, Ravensburg and Greenhouses, and here in Smithville. So we're not necessarily in trucking, although we do own trucks and we do have to truck product, but it's not our main core business. So we have about 10, uh, 10 units, and um, for, from that perspective, we uh, we dabble in a bit of trucking, but we don't do a lot of long haul. We do have one truck that crosses into the U.S. Uh, once a week, um, so it's not the majority of our business, but it is uh, something that does affect us as well, and certainly affects the uh, um, yeah the, the, the cross border business, if you will. Right. 
Yeah. So you're, you're, you also feel it to a lesser, a lesser degree, the, the mandates. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I would imagine that your participation in this wasn't just based on your own, it, the impact for yourselves. Would I, no, would I be correct no. in that? that would, yeah, you'd be definitely correct in that. I mean, we were standing up for the nurses and for the, for the policemen and for, we have friends who have lost their jobs uh, in healthcare, um, various, various other uh, scenarios that uh, we felt we needed to stand up for. This is a, um, uh, this is a complete overreach in, in terms of government uh, mandates. And, um, and we felt that there was a, a need to stand up for those who can't. And that's one of the reasons that drove us to participate in this and uh, put our, yeah, put our um, livelihoods on the line, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Cons considering how the various mandates across Canada have affected so many people. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So, so thinking back to the beginning of when this, when this all started, it seems like a very long time ago now, actually, <laughs> I'm sure for, I'm sure for you guys being on the ground, especially, but, but for me, you know, sitting here in BC, uh, watching it and then actually participating locally as well. And some of the support convoys and, and rallies here, um, it th this was something that really took off as kind of a grassroots uh, grassroots movement. Yes. Tim, maybe maybe you could you could talk a little bit about that about about uh, the beginnings of this for you. Yeah, the beginning. It's almost hard, like you say, it, it it wasn't that long ago, but it seems hard to remember in some ways. Eh? I don't feels, know if you feel the same. Oh yeah, but, it feels a long time ago. Um, yeah. We were we were uh, approached, um, or or I guess we seen an email um advertising it and they were looking for for people to start the start it in southern ontario um so between harold and and jeff and myself we had a conversation um obviously about is this something that we can join um we felt strongly that yeah we can join it and um harold um, said he would be able to to lead and and help with the organization of the Southern Convoy, and then also John Dobbenberg, who works for us, and Andy Dreistra, said, "Yeah, we'll uh, we'll help organizing it as well." Um, and basically, that to yeah, base echo what William said too. It was, you know, it wasn't just for us, right? You're you're seeing the overreach for many people, and and you thought. Yeah, for two years, essentially, for a better part of two years anyway, there's been a lot of frustration for, you know, obviously school and uh, church and, you know, personally have felt the overreach has been been there the entire time and didn't really have the, the ability to do anything about it. Um, you can only do so much, you can only say so much, right? And um, really felt strongly that yeah, this is something we can do and we can join. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think that echoes really a lot of, a lot of our thinking. I mean, that, that echoes my experience as well, you, because, because there is, you know, over the two years, as you think about all of the, all of the, the ways in which our lives have been radically affected by, by these mandates in various levels, yeah. uh, you know, when you, when you consider that and you consider, well, what can you do? Well, you can, you can write letters and you should write letters in emails, send emails to your representatives and uh, get together with other people to discuss how we can, we can do that. But there, but there's, there's kind of a sense of, of impotence that we don't, we don't have power to, to, or the, the, the ability to deal with that. 
Well, not even so much the ability, it was more that uh, the, the, the recipients of the letters and emails, et cetera, were not listening. Yeah. They, they just refused to listen. Yeah. And I, I've had that experience as well, uh, sending numerous letters to uh, government representatives and, and receiving form letters in response, if anything. And, mm -hmm. and no, basic, basically what we've, what we've experienced is, is a, a lack of the opposition even uh, behaving like the opposition. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say that's one benefit <clears throat> that's come out of uh, the entire convoy is we actually now have an opposition party. Whereas, whereas for two years. Uh, um, to what's going on, the real of uh, you know, to the, the concerty. <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, we had, uh, we had a, a little bit of a, a glitch there. So it's so for two years, you were saying. Yeah, it's, so there wasn't much of an opposition party, but that's I think one of the one of the positive things that has come out of the convoy is um, we now have an opposition party with Aaron O'Toole being removed by his uh, by his party and, and Candace Bergen coming in to you know take leadership for a time period anyway. They they are starting to speak up and and have a voice for for those that aren't able, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now we're hearing something different coming out of Parliament than, we, than we've been hearing for the past yeah. couple of years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And we certainly know it has nothing to do with the, truck, the truckers' convoy at all. No, 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 absolutely. No, no. We, we, know, we know they're just following the science. That's right, that's right. Right, yeah. because, because the science is what must be followed at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. So, so, William, maybe you could talk a little bit about your, your experience at the beginning of this, like, how, yeah, how think, you uh, you got into that? So so we were made known of it, I think, through uh, Jeff and, and Junker Trucking. Uh, we're friends. So, um, yeah, we've, we're having these conversations about what can be done. And even if we could even participate in, in one small, small way or another. And uh, so it was a bit of a, um, I would say the, the, the week the week prior, that's kind of when we made our decision that, yes, we were going to participate in this. Um, we, we have, I wouldn't say developed our resistance theory um, over the last couple of years, but it's certainly been strengthened over the last couple of years in terms of, yes, this is the Christian thing to do. We are allowed to protest. It's fully legal to, to protest our government uh, mandates here in Canada. And uh, so for us, it was, a, it was just a matter of getting uh, logistics and seeing whether or not we could be away from, from our businesses for that long. That was uh, some of the questions we had to wrestle with. And, you know, in the wintertime, there is a little bit more work for me here, but uh, I was able to, to pawn that off to one of my brothers and, and was able to participate. So that was, that was a blessing. And, and I think to be um, fully uh, transparent too, I think we were, our, our plan was to participate, uh, to go down there to Ottawa for, uh, for the weekend and come back. So, um, <laughs> okay. but as it turned out, we were locked in on Wellington street and the, and the police officers parked us there. We were locked in and that was it. We were there. So you couldn't even get out. No, not really. I mean, we could have, if we really insisted, they would have let us go, but uh, they, they blocked us in as to where we were going to be parking. We were actually right in front of Parliament Hill. Right, right. I, I, I saw a video or I, I, I would watch the, the live streams of those, the guys that would walk around uh, with, their, with their cameras at night and yeah. uh, interview people and look around. And I, I saw the, uh, the, the Ravensburgen truck there at one point. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, the Jonker trucks as well. Yeah. So were you we're cooking breakfast? Yeah, we couldn't leave. That's right. Well, that happened later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we 
and they ended up cooking breakfast for the truckers and and then any uh, and the homeless too as far as that goes it was kind yeah of an interesting, uh, scenario yeah i i heard about that as well uh, yeah. an, in, an interesting uh violent occupation that's feeding, yes. all, feeding the homeless yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> very interesting so so were you guys on the ground there uh pretty much all the time during the, the, the protests in Ottawa. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, we did have hotel uh, rooms, so we would go back at night uh, and stay in the hotel. I mean, a couple of times we stayed in our trucks. Like we had two trucks there, one with a bunk. So we ended up sleeping there one, one evening, but uh, for the most part, we were in our sleeping in the hotels, but we were there during the day. Um, we, we started a uh, hymn sing very early on um, right around the, um, I guess they call it the eternal flame there. Yep. That's a fountain there at uh, on Queens Park or at Queens Park on uh, Parliament Hill, and uh, we did that every every morning around 11, 11, 15. Uh, the horns would stop honking and the uh, stage would kind of dial their music down, and they allowed us to have a hymn sing and we uh, we we prayed there. So that was that was really nice. We started that very early on. With, yes, uh, I think Pastor Aaron Rock from Windsor was there leading it the first couple of times, and then it kind of morphed into, well, there's no pastor here, so we got to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. So were there, there were, uh, obviously then there were a, a good number of Christians that were participating. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would say upwards of 80%, I would say. Yeah. It, yeah. It's hard to put a number on it, but it there is. was a lot. Like uh, that was kind of the interesting thing too, was, uh, the term God blessed became cool. Yeah. For a lot of better words. Right. Which, uh, it's just not normal in our Canadian society anymore. Right? You go to the U S and, and people are free to say, Hey, God bless you. Um, yeah. or, that was just the common thing to say um, after some time there yeah. were, yeah, became popular. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Not a negative thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you felt, you felt open and, and free to express your Christian, your Christian faith and your Christian principles. That's right. And, and the, and the people who are coming to the trucks, often we would sit in the trucks, at least the first uh, number of um, days and weeks, I would say we were uh, often in the trucks because this, the, the, protesters themselves wanted to come along and talk and often we would invite people in the in the truck to warm up but then also to, to tell their story and it was amazing the the, the hope that they've received um through this you know there's been two years of, of lack of hope and um that, that was a huge turnaround for a lot of people they, um, they sat in the trucks and some of them were from um, eastern european countries romania whatever um and they were you know they've gone through communism and they, and they said this is actually worse than communism at this point, and we need to uh, really, really resist this. So, for, from that perspective, it was uh, it was helpful for us to um, yeah, not so much justify our, our position, but to to help us understand that what we were doing had some meaning and value for Canadian citizens. Yeah, it was encouraging. It was very encouraging. Yeah. Okay. No, a- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I can only I can only echo that because there was a sense after after two years of of feeling like futility. Yeah. There was there was a sense of hope and unity yeah and purpose you know as as we saw people getting together from all backgrounds and all walks of life and waving canadian flags like uh, you know i've never seen so many canadian flags i know i know like i you know it's it's uh uh we went down to the border crossing locally here on one saturday and uh and we couldn't we couldn't make it to the the place where the the gathering was happening uh so we parked on the side of the road and one guy came up to us and said, you got to go down there. He says, it's like Canada Day on steroids. He said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so true. Every day felt like Canada yeah. Day. And yeah. especially on the weekends was, right. uh, yeah. was a festival, essentially. Oh, yeah. 
and a lot yeah. of joy a lot of joy yeah like yeah so, so many people you know mention that too like i they would say things like i haven't had so much joy in the last number of years and seeing smiling faces and hugs and yeah lots of tears yeah. uh you know people were if they would hug you quite often uh, after telling a story it wasn't just a quick you know little shoulder hug it, yeah. there was an embrace where yeah. Yeah, you really felt that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a real sense of communion, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and and community, which has been largely fractured in our country. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, a, a beautiful, definitely a beautiful aspect. And I've I've seen the videos of uh, of the uh, the large group doing the hymn sing, and yeah. uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. Yeah, it definitely was. Absolutely. Yeah, it sure was. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And, and actually to the last Friday, the Friday before the police moved in, they were starting to move in Friday morning already, but we uh, we had the opportunity to, to use the actual main stage that was put up on a truck there. And prior to that, um, we were able to get up onto Parliament Hill, but because they blocked it off, they fenced it off, we had no no place to actually sing. So the uh, the stage manager was uh, was willing to uh, to allow us uh, 15 minutes to to pray and to sing hymns there, and so that was really really interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. Marvelous, a beautiful. That's a beautiful opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's very good to hear. So so uh, like on a just uh, just uh, some practical like on a daily basis, what was your experience like there? On it was part, cold. On, on part it, was cold. it was cold. Yeah, we had different experiences throughout the like yeah. the regular day. Yeah. Um, so for myself, I got to admit, I actually cheated on the very first weekend and, and went home, wanted to uh, be in our home church for, for Sunday. And then, um, yeah, your brain doesn't quit thinking about what's needed to be done. So yeah, I wrote a bunch of things down and um, just wanted to bring that to somebody at the, at the command center, whatever, of, of what our thoughts are between my wife and myself and um another guy in our church and yeah so I was able to present that on that Monday morning and then uh, he asked me to stick around so I ended up being in in that uh, command room quite often um, they asked me to, so I missed a lot of the hymn sings uh, because ended up being in those uh, in a lot of the meetings um, not that I made any decisions per se uh, they didn't really feel qualified to make a lot of uh, strategic plans and, and stuff like that. But we had meetings with every block captain um, at 11 o'clock was the same time as the hymn sing. And um, yeah, at that point, I was asked to do logistics. So bringing, bringing supplies in and, and sorting out where they all go and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but then uh but we also prayed every every morning be, before the uh, before the block captain's meetings. It's actually a kind of a neat story because there was a, a another gentleman that that asked if we could do that before it was before it was my turn to speak. So um, so he did it the first morning, and then um, it it became something that we regularly did. Uh, Pastor Hildebrandt was in there once and and opened with the whole group, and then as logistics ended up taking care of themselves, like somebody was on fuel, somebody was on food, somebody was on, um, you know, showers and laundry and facilitating financial help for the guys. My job ended up becoming just the guy who prayed and read every morning yeah. at these meetings. Uh, so that was actually a, a beautiful role to have really. Yeah. Um, I can particularly remember one, 
one meeting we we read and prayed and then the next morning uh before we really got started things got a little um tense and and possibly out of hand so the meeting got away on us and we didn't we didn't read and pray um and after that a few of the guys you know either the next morning i can't remember or that evening said to me you know we we really needed to to read and pray and um that that kind of blew me away right so i think the next morning we read ephesians 6 the armor of god and um it was really applicable uh, so, at that time yeah yeah so you really saw the difference oh when, yeah when when you didn't start in that way you saw the difference totally and and men that were not uh, typically christian men felt the difference as well yeah right there's a, there's a calmness that it kind of sets the tone yeah when you read at the beginning right so yeah definitely different <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely so william what about your experience just generally on a day-to-day kind of basis so yeah maybe we can we can start actually going on the convoy itself i think uh, that might be good to kind of kind of um, hear our experiences as we drove up from um, niagara and the lake all the way up to um, to ottawa it was a two-day process and um, as we were going under all the all of the bridges in niagara and then all throughout the all the way up to kingston our first night the amount of people on the bridges and the amount of support that we were receiving was phenomenal we we stopped i think once for um a lunch break or whatever and bowmanville and, yeah and there were yeah. people just lined up with lunch bags with uh, um you know they gave us so much food and trucks around just just starting with that and then by the time we were we arrived in ottawa too that that never stopped i mean the the, the supplies kept coming so it was uh it was just an, it was just phenomenal that was yeah. emotional yeah. i would say yeah yeah i remember, I remember the tears, one guy, tears were streaming down some of our faces yeah, i'm sure the one guy saying on the cbm for some reason i'll never forget that um on the way up i think we had just gone through trenton where the bridge was insane and there was people parked on the the 401 oh, yeah. like definitely illegally and uh you almost just had to laugh like wow this is quite incredible but we got through that and he goes on the CB, he said, I don't, I don't know, guys, I've been driving truck for 37 years, but I don't think I've ever been as proud to be a truck driver as I am today. And for some reason that stuck that's, in your mind. Yeah. Stuck, yeah. Stuck yeah. In mind. Oh, that's, so yeah, once we got, once we got to Ottawa, oh, we're getting bad internet. Getting bad internet yeah. Whoops. Yep. Yeah, you just broke up. You can uh, try it again. Once you got to Ottawa, so yeah, once we got to Ottawa, then then our day, once we were parked there, then our uh, routines became a little more um, regular, I guess. We we would um, we would we would come up to the hill uh, every morning. We would uh, walk around and talk to to different truckers, uh, get to know them, um, ask what their needs were, and and often um, we were receiving um, donations through the through the truck window uh, where we were parked. Uh, I think we had probably more attention than maybe some of the other truckers would have on some of the other streets. So. What we would do once we were once we identified uh, truckers, families, and such who needed, then we would um, uh, between my, my brother and myself, we would uh, distribute that that those financial uh, gifts around, if you will, to to those who needed it. Okay. So that was a that was for for yeah, I would say that that was a daily uh, routine, and um, and once we started um, cooking for for the truckers and cooking for the uh, participants. The amount of donations that came in through that too uh, really increased. So then we were able to do even more. We we're able to spread that out uh, to some of the truckers who uh, 
who really needed some help. So, so you really got to see that personally and firsthand the, the support yeah. that was coming. Yeah. 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 That's and because we, we, as well. we weren't requiring it. It was able to, it was nice to be able to pass that on and yeah. give it to the, to those who needed. So that was really, really, it was yeah. a cool, cool experience. Yeah. A, sp a special experience for sure. Now, yeah. What, what about, what about your, the, the relationship or, or the uh, communication that you guys had and, and, and the others as well with the police during those first, those first couple of weeks. So, yeah, I would say that was very friendly. We were, uh, we always made eye contact with the police. So we, we wished them a good morning and asked if they needed anything. Uh, they would often walk around in teams of 10 or 12 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, big groups. Um, to kind of make it intimidating, I guess, for us, but uh, it wasn't. We, uh, we just kept it friendly. And, and I would say the Lord was working so much there because um, we as individuals, there's no way that we could have kept that peaceful. No. Right. The amount of people that came the first weekend, I think I thought somebody said it was like one, one and a half million or so the first weekend that came through there every time by the time people moved in and out. Second weekend was even higher and the third weekend was was pretty strong as well. So, yeah, the amount of people that came through there and there was no damaged shop windows, there was no there was, you know, we, we picked up the litter, we, we, we had garbage bags every 10 feet tied to the fence post and and the, and the pylons on the street and we shoveled snow and, and, and I think the streets were cleaner than, uh, than when we arrived. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and that, that was, uh, that was something that was, that was repeatedly mentioned. Well, it was repeatedly mentioned by those who were actually reporting the truth. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. fact that <laughs> crime was down, yeah. <laughs> the streets were clean. Yeah. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, in many ways it was like a, a giant block party. It was, it was definitely a giant block party. I know Friday night, Saturday night, there was, there was dancing and, you know, people in the streets, these people, these people haven't been out with it, doing any of that for two years. So they haven't had a, a good time, if you will. So yeah. a lot of these people were enjoying that till, I don't know, 12, 12 o'clock, Saturday night, Friday night, they were, there was a bit of letting loose there. Yeah. But it wasn't, uh, it didn't get out of hand. Like, no. um, well, and, yeah. Uh, there was some, the smell of pot was pretty strong in certain yeah, areas, but some, uh, some areas for but sure. That's, we that's legal now, so yeah, yeah. We, we can give credit to our uh, to our prime minister for yeah, absolutely uh, all of weed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, I, because I've I've thought the same thing. Now I, now I got distracted by the smell of weed in the air. Uh, <laughs> it's such stupidity in our nation. But anyways, the yeah. the the because uh, I often thought of that too. Because really, when you're dealing with a large group like that, mm -hmm. it's very easy for a mob to form sure. and it's very easy for a couple of bad actors to get in That's there right. yeah. and start something and then yeah it's that, uh it's done that was something that was very much um so in those meetings that i was part of um i didn't run any of them but uh the guys would always say so basically they would there was uh, blocks of people that each had a block captain. So, so a block, were parked, yeah, right? for where the trucks were parked. So a block captain would have maybe 10, 15, 20 guys with him, but only the block captain would come to the meeting. And uh, at those meetings, it was said over and over and over, love, joy, peace. Even when, even when you're dealing with difficult things, always return it with love. And yeah yeah we prayed for that constantly too that we would we would have the strength for that um and I, I think you could see that on the last saturday with with some of the brutality mm -hmm. and some of the things that happened the mindset was there to not fight yeah. um i can think of a young guy named tyler that was uh, 
he surrendered. You know, he walked out of his truck before the police showed up and he, he put his hands in the air, but was still hit by a bat and then, and then pushed into the crowd and his girlfriend was arrested. Like, you know, for you and I, if your, your wife is being, uh, not, not well taken care of your, your inclination is to protect. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, he handled it like a champ and, uh, and kept going, you know, trusting that, okay, she'll be released. And it felt like that was done on purpose to antagonize, uh, increase violence, but Mm -hmm. the men were seriously strong in that. It was unbelievable. That that was, that was really wonderful to see. Wonderful to see. Now I, I just wanted to like, before we get to the actual end part of it, uh, which really like it brought me to tears when that, mm-hmm. when that was happening, I was very, very like, you know, I saw what was, what was happening in, in Ottawa and the capital of, of our nation. And it was, it was very distressing, mm-hmm. but prior to that, before we, before we talk a little bit more about that, uh, what, what kind of um, during that time, were you, were you, were you guys thinking of specific results that you had in mind? Like, what's it going to take for this to be a success or what are, what are, what are the successful things that are happening? Was that kind of thinking, I, I, I would imagine that kind of thinking was very much in your minds when, when you were there. Sure. So initially we, we were hoping that there would be some dialogue between the, the government and, and at least the convoy organizers to, uh, to have some conversations in relation to the mandates um, across the board. Um, so when that didn't happen, it was becoming more and more evident to us that, uh, well, we're going to be here for the long haul, potentially. And it may mean that, uh, you know, this is a sit-in that's going to force change somewhere. We had no idea what, uh, what, what the end result was going to be. And I think it, it, it's been um, hugely successful from our perspective, and, but not in the ways that we anticipated it being successful. Uh, I think people have, have been awakened uh, through this process, there is still a significant amount of division, but there's a lot of people who are actually paying attention to the truth, and they're realizing that um, uh, the tyranny has been exposed. I think it's been a, a, a apocalyptic in, in that sense, where where the covers have been ripped off yes. the the uh, tyrannical government, uh, where people thought, oh, they're doing this for our good. They're now seeing that no, they had they don't have your good in mind at all. There are some. Obviously, we don't paint everybody with with, a, with the same brush, but the, the tyranny has been exposed, and I think yes. that's that's hugely, hugely hugely successful. But I don't know if that was our goal going into it necessarily. We were hoping to uh, stop the mandates and stop the uh, the overreach of the government into our personal lives and, and bodily autonomy and, and some of those things. That would have been our goals, but um, obviously, that there was no movement on that. No, no. But at the same time, there was. Yes. movement there was movement provincially in various provinces yeah where suddenly you know minds minds were changed and, and yeah. policies were changed science all science changed uh, overnight yeah it was, it was quite amazing yeah I, who, who would ever have, have, have thought it you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and i think yeah we can see that there was good news throughout it yes. right okay yeah. yeah this province dropped their mandate this country dropped their mandate um these people are awake. Um, O'Toole yeah. is, is out, which I, yeah, yeah, that wasn't the goal, but it was a, it was a positive thing in the end yeah. for the Conservative Party. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of positives have come out of that. Yeah, uh, big time. Yeah, yeah and just re- recently we read that the Hamilton Police Force is now going to allow unvaxxed police officers back on the force. So, uh, 
Interesting. Yeah. Also, also good news. They, they, they must've been suffering because of that. Yep. So because of uh, not having a, a fair, fair minority of, of unvaccinated people. Yep. So no, that's uh, those are some very good things to hear. And meanwhile, but meanwhile, I mean, here in, uh, here in BC, uh, there are doctors and nurses and uh, uh, health, health professionals of all sorts who will be losing their jobs in the yeah. middle of March because yeah. of uh, an expansion of the, uh, the vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that just speaks strongly to why we joined, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we don't believe that segregation is ever um, something that should be, should be done. And that's, you know, people have said you can't compare it to World War II. And I, I agree, it's not the same thing as World War II, but they have to quit giving us comparisons. Yeah. Uh, well, exactly. It, right? Yeah, I that's think. right. That's right. I think, uh, well, sorry to interrupt, but, what, but a, a quote from, from uh, Douglas Wilson, I believe it was Douglas Wilson, yeah, who, I think said, so. who said this. He said, if you don't want to be, uh, to be mistaken for, uh, for the beast, or I think yeah. something like that, then yeah. stop acting like it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, I'm not going to lie. That's probably where I stole that. From. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I steal wittingly or unwittingly quite often myself. So yeah. that's okay. But, uh, but that's, but that's exactly, exactly the truth. And I think just as far as that, that comparison people, people, and I've, I've heard this so often is that you can't compare this. You can't, you can't say that, this is a pressure. This is totalitarianism. This is not like China, or right. this is not like um, Nazi Germany or mm-hmm. the, the you know the Soviet Union under Stalin. Well, my answer to that is that those situations all started somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. If you think of Hitler in 1933 or whatever it was when he gave himself these powers, similar to what the Emergency Act was was enacted this past week. Uh, I think you know what those are. That, that that's a parallel. You can't. That's chillingly um, similar to to uh, Hitler's um, or, to, or to what we're experiencing here now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because because everything there's always there's always a movement. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the keys and one of the things that we need to do in in terms of of understanding our culture and where we're at mm-hmm. is see and 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 understand and have a realistic vision of of where we are really yeah yeah right and not have our eyes closed to the reality of the situation but also the orientation what what way are you facing yeah which way are you facing yeah and if you're facing in a certain direction it's it's only going to get worse then i think you need to give your head a shake and and wake up and say we need to we need to position ourselves in such a way that we're we're not going to go down that path yes exactly the rudder the rudder needs to move so that the ship turns yeah 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 Yeah, to go back to that like um oshwich memorial put out a, a tweet back in December and it it speaks a lot to our situation that we're just talking about they they wrote when we look at Auschwitz we see the end of the process Um, it's important to remember that the holocaust actually did not start from gas chambers this hatred gradually developed from words stereotypes and prejudice through legal exclusion dehumanization and escalating violence wow has a lot of parallels and that's right Doesn't from it? Auschwitz, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's important to hear from, from the people that understand what, 
what the the situation was and somebody said to me the other night just just last night that we have to remember that the six million jewish people walked into a gas chamber without a gunshot uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you know because they thought it was their only option and and they were afraid to do anything different and, and i'm not understandably so right uh, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 the other thing that goes along with that is that so many people didn't want to know what was happening there exactly and those are parallels too absolutely absolutely and and that that what it said about dehumanizing people mm-hmm. yeah um i think i think when our own prime minister is engaged in that that sort of dehumanization mm-hmm. totally. that that is something that we as christians you know whether we whether we believe in in the the uh the experimental medical treatment uh also known as the vaccine or not and obviously right. from what i just said it's obvious where i stand uh <laughs> You know, whether we whether we believe in that or not, uh, standing up against the dehumanization of yeah. one part, a, 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 even a small part of society. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Is is something that we as Christians must do. Absolutely. I, I think the dehumanization I, we're getting a little bit off topic, but I think the dehumanization started with the mask mandates. Um, you're you're half covered and. I, I notice it in grocery stores, so I don't I don't personally wear one. People look at you differently. Um, there's there's a there's a darkness to everywhere you go, where you you're just not a human. You know, there's no smiling at each other and welcoming each other anymore. And that's yeah, it's actually dangerous for our society and especially for our children. Yeah, but but it, it's just a mask. Yeah. It's just I know. Yeah. How many times have I mean, you heard? Yeah. It's just I know. It's not just a mask. and you're you are exactly right you're exactly right Uh, and uh yeah we don't need to get further into that we're already (laughs) but but uh that's something that i've addressed also in the previous episode of the podcast as well um but to go back to uh and i really appreciate the discussion so I, i thank you guys uh to go back to the the protest and the end of the protest what what you guys were you guys there on the the friday and uh you know when when everything started to to go south yeah we were there friday friday morning and that's um another interesting thought or thing we we often did a devotion at the the arpa building as you know arpa is downtown ottawa there as well so we were able to walk there and did had uh, devotions on friday mornings there so that was very encouraging and helpful and they uh they were um yeah encouraging us too in, in what we were doing um, so that Friday morning, I, I think it was was becoming evident. Um, I think we all received the uh, a notice from the uh, Ministry of Transport Ontario that our CVOR, CVORs were going to be revoked if we didn't uh, pull out. So for us, we we had made a decision that we were going to pull out on Friday around noon with our two trucks. So we we did we ended up doing that. We pulled the two trucks out on Friday noon. We could uh, we had had already heard stories of. Um, truck windows being smashed and drivers being hauled out on streets that were were further out like for on the perimeter and there we knew they were going to be moving closer and closer in um we had been told that wellington street was uh, was a protected area it was a protected area for for protesting i mean they, they closed it down for longer periods uh, than that uh, as i understand it um so but even with all of that um our company decided you know we're going to pull our two trucks out 
And, but we still stayed on the ground there. We came back and we supported the guys who were, who still decided that that for them, it, it was, they needed to remain there. So, and, and I respected their decision and I believe they respected ours as well that we had to pull out. So it was, uh, it was, it was an emotional uh, morning and we, we had that final sing song at uh, 11 o'clock and um, I had to lead it with, uh, with actually uh, Tim's uncle, John. Um, and that was very emotional, hard to do, but uh, we, we got through it. Um, yeah. It was, we, we could tell that the writing was on the wall. They were going to push us out. Uh, there was no real resolution from our perspective in terms of the asks that we had, but um, we had seen a lot of things change already. And we were positive that the Lord was going to continue to make this uh, continue. He was going to, he was, he had moved the needle already. And then yeah. he was also allowing things to, to continue to happen. And we believe that's, that's, that's still happening now. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we made a slightly different decision. Um, to stay we all we also had um a bunch of guys that own their own trucks uh with us uh, they have our name on the door but uh they all they felt very strongly to stay um and then uh, jeff harold and i of course you have a conversation and we were comfortable to stay until saturday morning and kind of reassess it we didn't think they'd be at our trucks yet um early saturday how did that go now um, the design, the, we could see what was happening. I think about eight 30 was like, Oh boy, they, they suddenly moved really fast into Wellington. So six of our guys pulled out and then, um, and we were trying to get keys for the other back into there. Um, Harold and myself and Jeff had the keys, unfortunately. Uh, but we just, we couldn't get back in time. It was basically, I think the way probably we all seen it at that time was, okay, um, it's maybe a bit of a bad analogy, but it's because it wasn't a game, but it felt like you were playing a game and the other team wasn't playing by the rules. Yeah. Uh, so so what's the point of, of essentially playing the game anymore, right? Of, of continuing, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, we, we couldn't get there in time and, and we're okay with that. We're at peace with that. Um, our, our CBR did get suspended for a week. Uh, so we're supposed to get it back on, on the 26th, but, um, but I also feel like the gov the, the people of Canada and the world needed to see how far our government would go. Yes. And so, so the fact that we couldn't get them out in time, even though we desired to, um, we're okay with, yeah. um, you know, you see, you see what happened to some of those guys who yeah. peacefully surrendered. Like yeah. the one, one guy in the red truck beside Jay Vanderweer, he went in front of his truck, put his hands behind his head, and, and went on his knees. But they dragged him further out and and beat him up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are things I don't think we'll ever forget that yeah. happened in Canada. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you wonder, you wonder where that comes from. I was I was told, uh, and I don't remember where, where this uh, came from, but uh, I think the police were told that um, these were paid protesters and they have no skin in the game. They're paid protesters, meaning that they're you know they'll just cut and run if uh, you know if you if you show up there with uh, with riot gear. Yeah, yeah. And and the reality is no these these are people that have a firm conviction. They believe what they believe, and they're standing there, and they'll they'll stand there till the end, and they will get arrested and they'll get moved on. But uh, but I think the police also were, were trying to be uh, trying to incite violence. And I, I hate to think that, but my trust in the police force, uh, whether it be our local Hamilton force here now, who wrote like, all of the forces in, in Ontario have been uh, participating in 
uh, in this um, operation in Ottawa, if you will, but uh, it was headed up by the Ottawa police and the RCMP, et cetera. And, and it's unfortunate, but you lose trust in, in, the, yeah. in the police force uh, entirely. And that's, that, it's going to take a long time for them to build that back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, it is actually, it's very sad because I think, and, and it was unnecessary. well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally unnecessary. What, what happened? And, right. and the, the odd thing is, or the, the ironic thing is, is that it, I think the majority of, of the people who were there protesting were, would have also been people who would have been saying back the blue, right? These yeah, are yes, leaders, absolutely. right. These are not yeah. defund the police don't guys. Defund the police. Yeah. Don't defund the police, right? Like we yeah. need the police. We're, we're backing you. And then, so the, I would say all of them, I, yeah. I, I think it comfortably say all of the people absolutely. there would, would have supported the police and we did support the police throughout the whole process. So yeah. Yeah. I think, that, I think it's done so much damage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that's it's sad, it's ironic. Yeah. And and it's very very disturbing actually. And I I'm very I, you know, so a lot of things were revealed. And so yes. I'm, I'm really happy about that. You know, yeah. one of the one of the, the the things is I don't know if you guys have anything uh, any further knowledge of that, but there was this group of of uh like riot police who were they were totally geared out and they were wearing brown. Yeah. And and they had they didn't have name tags and they didn't have yep. badges. Yeah. Like what was up with that? We don't really know. I mean, these people had their their balaclavas on too, so we couldn't even tell what uh, what nationality they are. Yeah. And there there's been some some speculation that some rumors were, and yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny. Well, and that's just the thing. If you don't if you don't come with a name tag or a badge number, it's impossible to say where you're from, right? Yeah. 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 The rumors are they came from. Uh, the European Union, or they can't, they're a special force out of Quebec or, or whatever, but none of that is verifiable because actually illegally, they didn't come with a badge number and a name. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know what? And people complain about, uh, you know, these conspiracy theories uh, about, you know, where they came from or, you know, who are these people or is it some kind of international force? Well, yeah. you know what? What we're seeing right now is a, an extreme lack of trust mm-hmm. in our institutions yeah yeah actually yeah. i can even speak to that trust we we had um so we have cameras on our shop that that show the intersection right by our house and there's often accidents there so over the last number of years police comfortably come into our our building and we happily accept them into our building and show them videos but just this past week i don't even think i told you that no. um the police a couple uh, inspectors um came into the shop with discussions about what happened monday night with the homecoming okay <laughs> and uh yeah a couple of police come to your door and you're you're literally going hmm what are you here for what are you here for i don't quite trust you used to welcome you in no problem but um yeah your first are we under investigation officer uh no no we just want to have some questions okay well you let them in a little bit further and but the trust was not there. They ended up being good gentlemen and, and we had a handshake. You know, they just asked simple questions about the noise complaints and and the slowness of the traffic, oh, okay. um, yeah. which, yeah, we just said to him, hey, we didn't feel comfortable to pass anybody because uh, there was people all over the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we didn't do any of the fireworks. No, so. no exactly. We, we just drove up the hill and, and I don't know if you're familiar from Grimsby up to Highway 20 is normally like a, an eight minute drive. I think it took us an hour. Yeah, yeah, it took okay. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, tr- the, At- 
people welcoming, 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 uh, welcoming us all home. That was uh, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah I, I, I saw the video of that. Pretty, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. The support that was out there. Yeah. So considering what, you know, how this ended, uh, you know, with the declaration of emergency and the, uh, discussion around that and the sudden uh, revoking of the declaration yeah. of emergency. Um, what, what for you guys, what, what do you think? And, uh, and what are you thinking are the next steps? Okay. I thought maybe you were going to ask what, what, uh, what caused that. And I would think that that was the big run on the banks. Everybody's pulling oh, their money. I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I also, I also think he knew that Senate wasn't going to pass. Yeah. 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 I think there's probably a couple of things that went into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as far as what's next, I get, those are, those are good questions that we're still wrestling with. Um, I do think there's some, uh, there should be some legal challenges uh, moving forward. I don't know what that's going to look like and I don't know how to get that um, started and move, move forward. But I do believe the Ottawa police uh, acting police uh, chief, Steve Bell needs to be, uh, have his, I don't know how to put this nicely, but he does need to uh, have, have some consequences for his actions. Uh -huh. Um, obviously, Justin Trudeau as well, and Christian Freeland, and and uh, the Liberal Party needs to answer for for why they called the state of emergency when there were no justification for it at all. All of the five criteria were not met in any in any way, shape, or form. So I think those. I don't know what that's going to look like. So that's a longer term thing in the back of my mind. I think there's some things that need to happen um, uh, in the legal system. Um, I'm pretty sure there will be an appetite uh, to move some of that forward. At least I hope so. Because this this country, um, we have a constitution, and we we need to get back to that. And the reality, we've it's been trampled on for for two years, and probably even longer than that. There have been things that have been happening in the past that we've not really been aware of, but it's only been we've been made aware of it now through COVID, and I think that's been a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For me, what's next? That's that's actually a bit of a challenge to answer exactly um, for our for our for personally and for our business. Um, I think I believe quite strongly that compliance has gotten us uh, in this predicament. Uh, so my only um, my only plan going forward is is non-compliance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, exactly how that's going to work, I'm not 100% sure. I I have reached out to the JCCF to to get some legal advice on uh, on border crossing in the future um, with our unvaccinated guys to hopefully have something set up where we're just going to go. I mean, the guys all need to, to make a living. Right. So yeah, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work yet, but right. right. That's the but, but no one, no one ever got their way out of uh, encroaching tyranny through compliance. No, no, that's right. right. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there comes a point where, where I, I think, I think what you said, William is, uh, is very important that over the two, over the last two years, we've seen these encroachments and these, um, yeah, the way in which the government has gone or, you know, not been uh, living in accordance with our country's, you know, founding creeds and documents, right? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. also in terms of the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But this has actually served to reveal something which has been going on for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure decades. Uh, yeah. Slow, yeah. The slow... Uh encroachment on our, our freedoms absolutely it's like it's we're, we're like the frog in the pot right yeah so the, yeah. The, the water's warming up and the water's warming up and the frog's doing the backstroke 
but now the water's gotten too hot and i think uh there's there's a lot of people that are seeing that. whoop i just had a yeah. glitch on the internet and i think so. uh, what yeah i think we did okay and i think the uh the, and i think the biggest um positive thing out of this i think uh, both Chris freeland and um justin trudeau overplayed their hand so and that's that's a good thing yeah absolutely absolutely so there's i i'm I think my opinion is that we're not we're not looking at immediate results, positive no. results, but I think in the long term, what uh, what the the trucker convoy, what you guys and, and all of those who are participating uh, in this uh, this protest achieved was actually the the the, the impact is actually immeasurable because yeah. it's a, it was worldwide. Yeah, we saw other things, uh, you know, similar movements. Uh, coming up in other countries as well and now in the united states as well uh yeah. and uh the coverage that was received and the people that uh that were were woken up mm -hmm. and and not not even those who were woken up who didn't know what was going on but also those who understand what's going on who were given courage to speak out because because it's hard to do it on your own yeah, yeah it is it is but, but when yeah. you see that there's other people who are with you then especially be, yeah especially because so many voices are silenced in the main that's right and and we've been separated for two years right yeah absolutely. So we, we've been told you're the only one you're the you're the small fringe minority well yeah we found out how large that fringe minority was it's uh, exactly incredibly large there's a lot of unacceptable views yeah floating around <laughs> yeah, that's, right. Yeah, that's right we just we just happen to carry them all yeah that's right that's right all right so um I, I i hate to tell you this but after this uh, this podcast is published we're all going to have our bank accounts frozen yeah, i know yeah. probably, probably. <laughs> well the emergency yeah. order is over so that shouldn't happen oh, the uh <laughs> who knows who knows what's going to happen but anyways that, it, all, all joking aside uh i think uh, i think we'll stop here i just want to thank you guys uh, brothers for uh, for coming on well thank you yeah thank you for having us yeah and uh, and th thanks for the conversation, but thanks also for uh, for what you guys did and how you uh, you participated. You guys, uh, as as Christians, you guys uh, gave this a lot of thought and you examined your consciences as to whether this is something that uh, a Christian can, in good conscience, participate in. Yeah. And uh, you did that did that work, and you came to the conclusion that yes, this is something that we should participate in. Uh, a decision which I obviously agree with wholeheartedly uh and and in that you guys put a lot on the line and so i just wanted to thank you for for uh, for your efforts in that yeah very, it's very i think it's very encouraging for all of us yeah and we, often the uh, the story of gideon was one we shared uh, throughout yeah. the weeks too right um, yeah no i had that in the front of my notebook actually yeah. a little yeah. summary of the story of gideon but yeah. i i do get we get thanked an, an awful lot but i we want to deflect that yeah oh yeah I, I, I get that i understand that, that. but and there's a reason for that, though, is because, yeah, we did things consciously and we did pray about it. But at the end of the day, God placed us in positions and and that's where we felt we should be by God's direction. So yeah. he can be glorified in, in all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's really the ultimate. That's the uh, ultimate goal. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and it happened. So and it's it continues to happen. So we, I, you know, just keep, keep on fighting the good fight and uh, you know let's all do it together and encourage one another and build one another up and uh, and work towards work towards that goal of of helping the oppressed the widow yeah. the orphan 
right. the, yeah. uh, the the sojourner, all mm. of all of the people who are being affected by yeah. what's been happening over the past couple of years. For sure, absolutely, very good. All Thank right, you, Robert. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for being on. So, uh, thanks also to everyone who's watching on Rumble and who's listening uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be. Uh, thank you for. Uh, being a part of this and please do pass it on if you find uh, this podcast helpful please do pass it on uh, the links to the video podcast on rumble or the audio podcast wherever it is that you find your podcast uh, the podcast is called dan Eleven Thirty Two, and it's called that because of the words in that verse which say that uh, the people who know their god will stand firm and take action and that's that's why i do this podcast to help to equip god's people to stand firm and to take action. And, and uh, today uh, I give thanks for uh, the, the brothers who have stood firm and who have taken action. And uh, I think we should pray for uh, the continued results that God will continue to work through this effort uh, and, uh, and lead us to a place where we can, as a united body, work together, stand firm and take action to help our brothers and sisters who uh, who are suffering and who are in need uh, because of the uh, the what's been going on over the past couple of years. So until next time, may God bless you and may God help us all to stand firm and to take action.